This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Well, hello. Welcome to another edition. And today we're talking about the five top mistakes that new property investors make, which I think nearly all of us have made at some point in our property journey. And when you look back on them, you just have to laugh. But we all do them or we do at least one. I think I will put my hand up now and say I've probably made all of these. But do you know, the great thing is that they're all rectifiable. None of them are hugely bad. Financially, you should be okay. It's just annoying. And the first, I think, and incidentally, I'm not going to go through these in any particular order. They're not in order of of, um, how difficult they are or bad they are for your property. No, it's just how they came into my mind, really. The first is so easily done. It's roaring in, charging into the space, you know. Oh, my word, how exciting. Property. When do I start? Where do I buy? Everything's got to be done in the first five months, you know. Wow. Well, why? You know, this property is a long-term thing. Why do you think you need to do it all now? And I think to a certain degree, many people think, you know, I've just discovered property. If I haven't done something by the end of the first year, I've failed. I'm, you know, I've been told this new exciting stuff really works and I found a sourcer who's given me a really great deal. So I better get it and pay for it before it goes to someone else. And often all in that same six months, 12 months, is the other problem in, under this umbrella, which is, do you know, I'm so new to this, but I haven't quite worked out what my financial position is, but I know I've got to get going, so I get to do it anyway. Whoa, 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 stand back. Property isn't a cheap throwaway investment. You know, it's not like any other investment sphere where a nice licensed professional will spend time with you and go through what you need to do. You know, their professional indemnity will protect you and at every opportunity, they will hold your hand, so to speak, and go, how do you feel about that? Do you feel comfortable with that? Is that the kind of risk level that you really want to work with? Well, that's not what happens in property because it's your decision. You know, you're the one dealing with the vendors and the agents, none of whom are licensed. It's your knowledge on the line. You're pulling the shots and there is no comeback. And when you've bought something, you've only got one option, to keep it or to sell it. That's it. If it's wrong and you've sold it, you could possibly make a loss. But thankfully, most times we can work these things out. So why do you feel the need to do everything in the first six months? Well, it's possibly because it's just so exciting. It really is like being suddenly let loose in a sweetie shop, isn't it? And the second really is something you only discover halfway through your first year, unless you happen to start your life in a mentoring group at the beginning of the year, and that's have a clear plan. It is amazing the number of people who feel that they're going to create serious wealth with absolutely no plan in place. You know, it's somehow they'll wake up one morning and discover they've got this enormous empire, it's all correctly financed, and it all works, and it's tickety-boo. No, that's not going to happen. Because 
I think part of it is that property is great fun, really absorbing, and you can get swept away by the whole fun attitude of doing things. Nearly everybody I know has really, really enjoyed doing their first renovation. And if you visit it, it's a very rare person who's gone straight into having everything done for them. Quite a lot of people I know, that was part of the attraction. They wanted to do their first one themselves. So they're always covered in paint and gunk and all the rest of it. But of course, that wasn't really in the plan, was it? The plan mentally was to make lots of money very quickly, but you can't do that if you're actually hands-on. So not having a clear plan will hold you back. And of course, the other thing is that you are competing against lots of DIY amateurs who just buy a project because they really like the look of the house and they think they can flip it and make some money. And they don't care how much money they make as long as it's more than they'd probably get by having the money in the bank. But you hope to be a property professional. So you've got to be slightly more on ball with your figures and what you've got to cover and the fact you've got a salary to make and all that kind of thing. So if you're a property professional, you'll have a plan. But actually, do you know, if you don't get a plan till the end of your first year, don't worry. You're in good hands. You're with a lot of other people there. You've learned a lot and you just learn from it. You're now a property professional, but you couldn't accord yourself one of those when you entered the industry. The third is never really questioning what you're hearing. And that could be either in a mentoring group or perhaps you're in a networking situation full of people who seem to know an awful lot more than you and who seem to agree with the person at the front of the room. But the mistake is thinking, not thinking, what's in it for me? How do I interpret what I'm being told as to how it works for me? Because the temptation, of course, is just to look around the room and go, oh, wow, who knew there was so much to learn about property, so many different ways of making money. And you've got to keep standing back and going, yes, I hear there's all sorts of different things. I came into this space thinking you could only do single lets, but wow, service accommodation. Ooh, look, HMOs. But what's right for you? You know, is it good in your area? Do you want to run it? So you've got to ask yourselves all those questions. And of course, there is also, you know, will it fit in with your life goals and plans? You may not have any desire to ever talk to a a tenant again or rod their drains. You've got to know what you're doing. And the other temptation is that you will be found by people in these groups who go, you really do want to JV with me. We could get on a lot quicker if we just work together. Hmm. Is that what you intended to do? Stand back. Think about it. Because actually, what you're hearing is really good. The mentors you should be listening to will give you the widest view on the property world they can. That's why they're at the front of the room. But they can only teach and tell you from a position of what they know and they did. So if, for instance, they have built their whole portfolio just after the crash, that was 10 years ago and the market has changed considerably. In fact, quite a lot of the rules and regulations have changed. So you've got to keep going back to yourself and going, yes, I'm inspired by that. I love the idea of that. But how do I take the information from a person I know has a team of three, four, 90, whatever it is, and turn it into me, a solopreneur who has only perhaps a VA or not even that when you start? How do I make it work for me? And the financial message you might be getting from the front of the room won't suit you. The classic is, you know, never pay down. You want to have everything leveraged up to the hilt. 
that may not sit well with you. Well, don't let it stop you from buying property, but make sure that the risk that you are actually building into your portfolio sits well with you and you are comfortable with it. And the fourth comes alongside that. It's feeling pushed into doing something by peer pressure. You don't notice this at first because you're all in this together. You're all sitting on little chairs talking to each other. And you will always find somebody who is absolutely convinced in these rooms that the way they've done it, regardless of what the man at the front of the room says, is the only way to do it because they too are a teacher, a policeman or whatever it is. And therefore you can do it this way. But of course, they don't know the ins and outs of the whole of your life. They don't know all the different things. So don't feel that you have to do what somebody else tells you to do. You do not have to open yourself to the entire world of social media if you don't want to. You could be an intensely private person and you could have very good sources of you know, money to come and buy your property without having to go and find investors. Don't take it as read that actually that's what you have to do. So if there's so much you can learn, why do you feel you have to leap in where angels feel to tread? Well, do you know, I think I committed this crime. I literally found property, rushed into an estate agent with the courage of the truly ignorant. I literally asked the estate agent to sell me a property because I wanted to buy an investment property. Thank you very much. Once I'd bought it, I suddenly realised there was an awful lot more I had to learn. And it was another 18 months till I bought the next one. So I only got into that because I realised that this had to be done quickly and everything else. And everyone I met just kept telling me I'd done the right thing. Well, looking back on it, I was very lucky, but I'm not sure I did do the right thing. I would have done better to have understood the whole process first off because I'm not sure I even got the kind of finance and, and mortgage correct the first time round. But I did get the risk right. And as I say, I'm still very happy with that property. It's not a competition. Do remember that. So, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with all these people, find another group and, you know, find a little gang that you can work with until you've outgrown them. And the fifth and the last one, I think, is, I have to say, the most amusing to me because I think so many of us do fall into this particular trap. And that's setting yourself up as a mini corporate. Yes. Even though you're clearly a solopreneur at the start of your business life. And that's because many, many of us come into the solopreneur space from corporate, whatever size the corporate world is. And that's because we don't like it. We want to work for ourselves. But that little bit at the back of the brain just says, if you want to get on in the world, you've got to have the perfect presentation. You've got to have everything looking as if you know what you're doing. You know, the best brochures you can do, everything. Well, why? Why do you? you? You're a new solopreneur. Why are you spending your time and your money on doing that when you should be going out to find the knowledge and the properties and the investors? And I do think the easiest way to see that is the big glossy brochure. When I'm doing a lot of mentoring, I find that there is a certain type of new investor who spends the first four months creating a, a brochure and they tie themselves up in knots. You know, what should it look like? What the wording should be? Exactly what the layout needs to be? How good the graphic designer needs to be? It's full of aspirational statements. We will do this. But it's full of paragraphs that just sort of have puff and insubstantial claims. And if you are a seasoned investor, you could see through that pretty quickly. So why did you spend all that time doing it? Well, actually, to a certain degree, it's sort of procrastination with an end result. So don't, you know, don't go down that avenue. 
And also the corporate idea is you have an office. I mean, what corporation or big business doesn't have an office? Ooh, clue there. You're not a big business. You're a little business. So why do you need an office? You might well have set up your office in your back bedroom. It might be the shed at the bottom of the garden. We've all been there and done that. But it's not perhaps where you want to take your investor to, is it? It may not be quite feeding the sort of image you want to project. No, because the world has really changed and is really, really kind to the solopreneur because there are all those other entrepreneurs out there whose only desire in life is to create amazing coffee shops. Why not use one of them? Go and find some lovely ones where you can take your investors and your meeting places to a spot where someone makes really, really good coffee and you don't have to, and who makes excellent cake. It's a bit of a win-win, isn't it? And they nearly all have internet now, so that's not a problem. And the other problem that we have with making ourselves a little bit too corporate is that you lost your identity a bit when you left wherever you were before. And whilst you try and find your new you, you try and be something else. And it's not worth it. You might as well just be yourself because that's a lot more authentic and people buy into that. You end up promising too much and under-delivering. So if you are new, just own up to the fact you're new. We've all been new at some point. And if you're in meetings or you're mentoring, well, why not be slightly quieter than normal and just use that skill of listening? And you can get all the contacts you need to for when you really get going, when you really want to create that buzz. But of course, if you're sourcing, you're probably shouting at me now, going, well, that won't work for me because I'm sourcing. I've got to, I've got to be out there doing all that kind of thing. Yes, you do. You're absolutely. But your newness is actually a source of huge joy to seasoned investors. They've met all the other sources and you are the new kid on the block. Oh, how wonderful. You are going to look at everything with a new pair of eyes and you may well find things that other people miss. But not only that, you're still trying things out and trying to be confident and creating your company. So you are going to be cheaper than your contemporaries. That's lovely from a point of view of someone who constantly buys sourcing. So don't worry about it. Just be yourself. And remember, this is property. So I hate to break this to you, but you're always going to continue to make mistakes. Just let's try and not make these five after year one. That would be a shame. Because property is full of mistakes because the market moves when you least expect it. Unless you can find and fund and get through all the conveyancing process in a really short space of time. So the key to all these problems is just acknowledging them and smiling to yourself when you've got them. And if you have made lots and lots of brochures, you don't need to use them. Just acknowledge the fact that that... uh, didn't really know what I was doing and, um, you know, use them to line the hamster cage or whatever it is you need to do. Just don't make it a problem for yourself. Be aware that they happened and be true to yourself. Stick to your plan because you've by now realised you need a plan and you're going to stick to it to be successful. And that means don't follow somebody else's plan. Don't be pushed and, and pulled by your peer group into doing something you don't want. If you don't want HMOs, it might be the quickest way to get cash flow, but it's not going to work for you. So don't do it. And remember that property is long term. And by that, I mean not just that you're holding stuff long term, but people's memories are actually very short. So whatever silly mistake you made in the first year, is either going to be endlessly amusing to people or they're just going to forget about it. It doesn't matter. 
And if you do all that, you'll be a wildly successful property solopreneur. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.